This is the final episode of Adira's story. If you haven't listened to part one, we recommend listening to that before continuing this episode. And we'd also like to add a trigger warning for the following discussion is very emotional and features topics of sexual abuse and violence. Here is part two of Adira's story. Some days are going to be hard. Some mm-hmm. days are going to be better, but you're working through it. Mm-hmm. You're moving forward. You're taking one step in front of the next and, and giving yourself grace for that. Right. And I think that's so important because mm-hmm. there's such a message out there. I think that like to be a survivor means that everything's okay and perfect all the time. And it just isn't. No. And then you start feeling bad about yourself because you your can't life get isn't there. perfect. Yeah. Cause you can't get yeah. there and nobody does, but yeah, yeah, it, it must be terrible at times to just be paralyzed. I mean, I would just imagine that you get like the smell or something like you said, exactly. and it, you're going through life and everything's wonderful. And that smell hits you and you're like paralyzed, like yeah. in a sense, like, uh, I'm just imagining. It's, 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 I have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I get that smell of mm-hmm. like hot, it, especially like that August, like in, in Michigan, it's very humid in the summer. Mm-hmm. So when you get that like hot, sticky dirt smell, mm-hmm. I'm, I like dissociate because yeah. I remember the dirt of the burial. Oh, and so, no. it, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, um, it's just, there's so many little, like you, the, like you said, your senses can get like, just like how I can remember things. Mm-hmm. Some things I remember with sight, some things I remember with hearing or, um, or with the smell mm-hmm. is the same way as being triggered. Yeah. You know, you can get triggered by something you see, something you smell, something you hear. And all of a sudden, you know, I get a lot of flashbacks mm-hmm. and I get a lot of night terrors. So mm-hmm. It's really just learning a lot of like getting as many tools in my tool belt and being able to, you know, that's how I look at it. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got, you know, I can use my senses to feel myself get grounded. Like I can look around a room, like after I, you know, feel like I'm dissociating and everything's really getting out of focus. Once I can start breathing again, you can use your breath to get yourself grounded, like inhaling and exhaling and like exhaling a little more than inhaling. So you can ground yourself mm-hmm. and you looking around and going, OK, I see five black things and I can hear the birds outside and I can go over and touch one of my cats and pet them and feel Mm -hmm. that and like really feel, you know, where am I sitting? What is, what is my seat feel like? Is it soft? Is it hard? Like being able to do these grounding exercises Mm -hmm. has really been, um, really been a lifesaver for me to be able to work through a lot of the flashbacks Mm -hmm. and dissociation. Do you have a a good support group? And is, I'm sorry. Well, I just, um, it makes sense that, you know, when you go through trauma, and this is horrible, horrible trauma, you you, you go through it every day. It doesn't yeah. stop because it happens, but, and you just, yeah, give yourself grace and mm-hmm. uh, applause for just uh, living through it and, um, mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. being able to, like, help others yes. as well. Yeah. I have a question. It's just I'm I'm very upset and angry Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now. And I just wondered if there was ever any legal 
like resolution to what happened to you or? No, there no. wasn't. I, I didn't end up telling anybody. I have, I have talked to law enforcement now, mm -hmm. but I didn't talk to anybody back then. I just was too scared. Right. And I really right. honestly, I didn't tell anybody until 2019. So it's very recent for me to like really talk about it. Um, I told one of my therapists, I started therapy in 2016 and I told them that I had abuse situations with my dad, but I did not say anything other than that. And then I didn't say anything until 2019 when my mother passed away, who was, my dad had already passed then my mother passed away. And then I felt like I could talk about it, you right. know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's really interesting. I beat myself up about it so much. Um, feeling that shame, you know, even though obviously I couldn't have said anything when I was little, but thinking, God, I've been an adult for a long time here, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, feeling just that shame. But mm -hmm. I found out that most people do not disclose sexual abuse until they're in their 40s or 50s. Right. When mm -hmm. it's something that happened when they're little. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I feel like that's another situation of giving yourself grace. Like, mm -hmm. I was feeling the shame and beating myself up. And mm -hmm. um, and I didn't even realize, wow, that's actually normal, you yeah. know? And your healing, and, your healing takes a different yeah. path. Like you said, you I mean, when you're ready, you're ready. It doesn't, there's no age yeah. on that. There's no. Is, it, is there a statute of limitations on that in uh, Michigan? No, there's no, there's no statute limitations for human trafficking anywhere because it's oh, a good. federal, federal issue. Nice. That's um, wonderful. Yeah. So that's wonderful. There is like statute of limitation for rape and things like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, but when it gets to the point of it being a human trafficking situation, there's no statute of limitation, which mm -hmm. I learned more recently because I wasn't sure. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't mean that you're supposed to make anything legal happen. Mm -hmm. What I was mm -hmm. thinking was, yeah. this sounds like it involved a lot of people and a lot mm -hmm. of children. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm baffled that police didn't find out on their own accord, you know. Yeah. And tracked you down and asked you, you know. Yeah, I don't know. That. I don't know. It's something I always wanted to know is if anybody ever got in trouble for it. But I, I don't know. Um. <clears throat> nobody that I know ha of has, but I, I don't know. It, it would be really nice if I could find out, but I don't really know how to find out. Right. But I, I hope that somebody's gotten, I hope somebody's in prison right now. At least, at least a couple people I hope are in prison out of all those people. I'm sure. You I'm know? sure there has to be. Yeah. I'm sure they yeah. would have messed up somewhere along the line. And I, yeah, I really yeah. hope that the politicians, the, um, the pediatrician just, that's just horrifying to me. I just, they shouldn't, <laughs> I don't know. This is blowing yeah. my mind. I really, I've never heard of this thing before. And I'm like, how did I not think that it does happen? I mean, abuse happens in all different forms, but it just never occurred to me. Uh, I'm just horrified by it. Yeah. Mm. It's, hor it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Well, dude, I think it's because, so dear Jude and I are sisters and I think okay. it's because we were ra the way we were raised. We were not around anything like that. We were, we were. Um, yeah, we weren't around any of that stuff. We were kind of protected in a way, but also we were. 
I don't know if it was like if it's the Irish in us or the German or what, but you didn't talk about things either. So if something like this did happen, it was like mm-hmm. you never talked about negative things. You buried your head in the sand and you just kept moving forward, but you didn't put that burden on anybody. If something happened, you just kept it to yourself. So I understand like the secret thing, like like you can't talk about anything. But thankfully, mm-hmm. nothing like that has ever happened. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just can't help but thinking that things like this, and this is a whole ring of, of people, does not happen in a vacuum or only in the back room. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like there must be a lot of evidence and a lot of red flags all over this mm-hmm. that I yeah. um, would hope someone would uh, look into. Right. And, yeah, and, and I would I would hope that the, if this happened now with all the technology and, you know, all the changes that have happened, I would hope that it would get broken down quickly. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I think like the fact there wasn't Internet yet there was, you know what I mean? There was a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, picture, Polaroid pictures handing instead right. of being like sent over the online, mm-hmm. you know, things are, you know. I think it was easier in general for criminals to hide back then than now, you know, so I would hope against hope that we have things in line now mm-hmm. that will make it quicker. But I think that there's just way more of this going on than law enforcement is aware of. You know, I think they're trying really hard and I you see busts happening mm-hmm which thank goodness, you know, you see busts happening on the, on the TV of different rings, but not as many with the little kids, um, you know, more of the pimp trafficked, you know, which again, so thankful that that's happening. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that that's not an amazing thing. I'm just saying that that's, it's not gotten yet into where the little kids are, um, as much, as it needs to. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for having me on this, by the way. I didn't say that in the beginning because <laughs> I appreciate it. I oh, appreciate oh, you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you I, so I'm really sorry to hear about everything that's happened and, and I mean, everything that's happening to all the other kids as well, but you're really brave and thank, thank you. you so much for telling your story. Cause you're right. This, this, these kind of things need to be talked about and, this will help lead to other people getting help as well. And which also leads into my next question um, about people who aren't on the front lines like us. Is there a way that we can see the signs or maybe, you know, have some sort of thought process that can help kind of get those questions, you know, in, in, in a place where we can try to help. Yeah, I actually, I, um, I wanted to read you guys kind of, it's a little bit of a list, but Mm -hmm. of, some of the things to look for that I thought would be helpful just to have kind of a list Mm -hmm. is um, like I talked about having a lot of sick days, being frequently absent. And I think uh, there are a lot of things that are extremes. Like if a child all of a sudden is covering up a lot or they're being promiscuous or they're sick a lot um, is, is one where they're missing school a lot. Um, There's, um, like going to the doctor often or not at all, 
you know, like, are they saying, oh, I don't go to the doctors? Well, maybe they're saying they don't go to the doctors because they had a pediatrician like I do. Right. And they're afraid of the next question, you know, mm-hmm. um, seeming to suffer from, from malnutrition, frequent headaches, fainting. I had grooves in my nails from mal- malnutrition and kind of a stomach bloat, um, eating disorder behavior, like at a, you know, again, I was nine or 10, um, bruising easily and having constant bruises. So I didn't realize this, but cause I had permanent bruises, I have permanent bruises and I didn't realize that that was possible. Yeah. But if you punch somebody in the same spot over and over, those iron deposits stay there. And I asked a doctor about it and he's like, yeah, the iron deposits will like stay there. Wow. So um, so if you see a child and they, you know, kids bump, get bumps and bruises, you know, but if they're in the same spot and they don't go away, then there's something going on. Also frequent bathroom visits and, um, sensitivity or like itching in your private area, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, having memory lapses. So that's part of that dissociation where a child isn't just like zoning out, but they're literally don't remember, or they're literally like, they're literally, um, dissociating. Like they don't, it's not like they're just like, ah, you know, I want to think about practice later, you know, soccer practice later, you know, they're, they're literally like, like checking out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, being overly touchy with adults in like a sexual way, Hmm. um, not being able to attend, or host sleepovers is a big one. Like I didn't have any birthday party. I had one birthday party my whole life and I wasn't allowed to go to birthday parties or go to sleepovers and nobody was allowed to sleep over at my house. And that's unusual. Usually, even if you have a couple of girlfriends, Mm -hmm. you know, or a couple, if you're a boy, a couple of boyfriends, right. Mm -hmm. And they'll come over and do video games or the girls will come over and do whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and even it doesn't mean your whole class is involved, but, but it's pretty normal to have, you know, sleepovers. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't allowed to do that. And I also was not, I didn't know how to play with kids. So I didn't, I had no exposure to board games or things like that. And, um, or just games. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to play with kids. So I would just sit there and stare. And it wasn't because I was shy. I literally had no idea how to play games. Right. So that's another big thing. Um, is not being able to be like age appropriate playing wise mm-hmm. and um, talking about having to wear costumes at home or dressing up in certain ways or having like a picture room or a picture, you know, a picture outfit, things like that. Um, and talking a lot about secrets, um, talking about adults coming over and staying in their room Um, having an exaggerated startle response is a big one too. So if you just come up behind a child and that's another thing I, um, want to talk about in a minute is, um, like if you encounter an adult that, that may be a survivor too, that may have that same startle response. Um, I feel like you never know if you're going to be a person that somebody discloses to, like you may have a friend and then, then they feel so comfortable with you. They may disclose to you. So it may not even be a child. It may be an adult. 
Um, and grades sharply going up or down is another one where those extremes, like I was an overachiever. So I had like a 4.0 at all times because I knew if I even lived out of high school, that was going to be it. I wasn't going to have anything else to live on Mm -hmm. was my schooling. So, um, and then reenacting abuse. So Mm -hmm. I, um, Mm -hmm. and that's just some of them, but I, um, I would like go, like, I thought that it was like, my brother used to like beat me up and stuff. Right. So I thought that like sucker punching somebody was kind of like normal behavior for like a, like go down the hallway or something. And if a boy like made fun of me, then I would punch him in the stomach. And I thought that that was like an appropriate response because I got hit so much that I just thought that's like what being like a brother is. So I didn't realize that that wasn't right. You know, I mean, I learned very quickly because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not supposed to do that, Mm -hmm. but I, um, but just like reenacting abuse situations, whether it be being, you know, again, like sexually promiscuous Mm -hmm. or, um, acting that out with adults or not. So those are just some things to like, kind of look out for. Again, you're not going to see some of those things if you're, at Walmart and you see a child, you know what I mean? It might just be that they look malnutrition. You're not necessarily going to see all those behaviors as opposed to a teacher or a social worker has, and and like a doctor will have more access to those behaviors being shown. Mm -hmm. But I think like the main thing is just getting the word out that, um, that there are small children being abused by family members or those that they perceive as family members. And that I think really pushing that message out that it's an adult problem, not a child's problem. Because I think even though people don't mean it, they're putting it on, they don't mean it in a bad way Mm -hmm. because they don't want to get a family in trouble who isn't doing anything wrong. You know, because again, kids do get bumps and bruises. Kids Mm -hmm. do have finicky eating habits sometimes and you can't get them to eat or, you know, there, there's things that are, you know, situations that aren't abusive right. or, or a problem really. It just maybe they need a little bit of help transitioning to something, but it's not, there no, there's no abuse going on. And I understand that, but, but I feel like if we can give empower people to see if something isn't right and, and, and act on that, then Mm -hmm. I think we're going to save a lot of kids because, you know, if you give yourself that agency, like I'm, I'm the adult here, I know what normal behavior looks like either from my life or from watching somebody else. Like, even though I didn't have a normal childhood by observing other people, I know what's normal, what looks normal now as a child, I didn't know it was normal, Mm -hmm. but I do now just from watching other people. So I think like giving people that agency is so important. So I don't know if I answered the question, but that's, that's what, that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Those are some really, really good points. And I, uh, I'm a teacher myself. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's very important what you said about kids will, even under threat, they will try to ask, you know, the next adult to like the teacher or a social worker to check things. Mm -hmm. And they will not come out and say things, but they'll be like, 
trying to ask a question to see the reaction to check is this normal is this okay right and so if you know how to look for those things it will be easier um just be be aware of you know like you said if 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 a child talks a lot about secrets they probably there's a question in there somewhere mm-hmm. around how much secrecy is normal and uh, yeah so like you said you can't expect a child to at any age not an adult either to have the verbiage to talk about abuse like this and mm-hmm. and lay it out and explain what's going on but they you should uh, be uh, sensitive to the other like communication that someone needs your help or right you know. and i think ki- kids they want to tell the truth they're just little truth truth beings yeah. you know mm-hmm. they want to tell the truth mm-hmm. and and sometimes the absence of an answer is the answer mm-hmm. you know what that's i'm saying brilliant. Like that's it's, brilliant yeah definitely yeah yeah so i i think that is so important that it's just sometimes the absence of the answer is the answer. And mm-hmm. then you go with that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, and there's always, I think again, when people are nervous about getting people in trouble who shouldn't be getting in trouble, which is very valid. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, again, the point is you're not going to be taking this child out of the household. Uh, an authority is, and those authorities are trained. Right. You know and what I'm also, saying? The alternative is horrible mm-hmm. right oh, absolutely it's, it's leaving a child in a horrible situation and yeah. if you do have concerns about a family and you go to authorities you know in my mind there won't be a problem right if if things are looked into because if, if someone had you know been concerned about you and gone to your home they would have been able to see all these problematic things and, and right. add up your absence from school and uh, weird behaviors and interactions in the family. So, mm-hmm. and and if uh, you um, alert authorities or you have a concern about someone where, where it's not, no abuse is happening, that will also be apparent. Right. And then they'll just go on and move on. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's worth it to, <clears throat> to, go to the authorities. And again, they're trained. So they'll be able to look at the situation and decide whether or not your instinct is valid or not valid, but is um, grounded in the problem Mm -hmm. or whether it's just that, you know, that child is having a bad day or the, you know, you notice something again, like where the child isn't eating so much and they just happen to be well, my, you know, my apple has to be cut in eight pieces and it wasn't cut in eight pieces. So I'm not going to eat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So because, you know, but it, if we don't say anything, then we're not saving anybody. Right. So. But I Absolutely. think. And I think yeah. it, your other point that this is unfortunately and horrifyingly much more prevalent than people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. It's not Satanist in the woods. Like it, it's going on and it's happening mm-hmm. to a lot of kids. And I understand how uncomfortable that might make people think to worry about that or think about that. But yeah. it, it is what it is. And it's not less of a problem if you don't, acknowledge it or look for it 
Because right. I understand. I understand why people would go like, uh, I don't want my mind to go there. But on the other hand, it is happening. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. We can't close our eyes to it because no. it's it's ugly, but we can't close our eyes to it because it's reality. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And they prefer to bury their head in the sand than to acknowledge that this is happening. And it's not monsters that are doing this to our children. Well, they are monsters, but. Right. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 They're not like, you know, a, a goblin that's hiding in the cave or something. It's it's right. People that you think are good people, you know. And, and especially with this uh, familial uh, trafficking. It's not a fringe thing. It's mm-hmm. not some, you know, this never happens. Or the, I think it's the most common because all sorts of abuse are always, sadly, more common in family settings. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is with the dynamics. And that's where you can get away with more. Yeah. So. And and some of the safeguards aren't there when it's happening within the family with with all types of abuse or control or anything. So I think it would be naive not to think that this is the most common, you know. Um, I think it's the, the easiest thing for child abuse. Mm-hmm. It's easier to hide it, I think, than right. strangers. Um it's so much easier. Yeah. It's it's more horrific, but it's more easy to ha- to handle the child if they're all within the same group. You know, mm-hmm. it's so yeah. Terrible. It's easier to hide, mm-hmm. and I think it's again like um, like we talked before. It's it's so normalized for the child conditioning, that, conditioning from mm-hmm. the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not even like the grooming is just part of the grooming that you would normally think of that a perpetrator will do for a child in order to get them in their web. You know, the grooming is just living, mm-hmm. <laughs> just Absolutely. living in the house. Mm-hmm. So it's all the rules that are in place and all the, um, you know, like I had one side of my closet that had my clothes and normal clothes. And then I had another side of the closet that had my, you know, costumes or what have you, or what I was supposed to wear for the clients I had, you know, it's just part of your life, it's mm-hmm. part of your everyday life. So it's just, it's just insidious in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely, it's definitely um, just easier to, to, to hide in the, in the dark corners of things, you know, mm-hmm. but but I feel like if the child has any exposure to the outside world, again, I was lucky I went to school. There's kids that aren't going to school. Right. That are homeschooled. I just heard a, a story um, on, an, on a podcast the other day about a little uh, a girl who was uh, trafficked from the age of two through 12. And that's when you were telling your story. I was mm-hmm. like, is this the same one? But it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. Um, wow! Because it was not; it was actually the man posed as the girl's biological father, but she he wasn't. Oh, um, he he was given this girl by her mother, who had some mental health issues, Mm -hmm. and and he raised he raised her, 
but mm-hmm. he trafficked her and, and abused Aww. her. Um, it's awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, at first I thought, is this the same person? But it was, if yours continued on afterwards and it was, and this girl, there was no mother figure in the picture. So it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't no, me. no, not me. But you do have a book uh, that you yeah. wrote about this. Mm-hmm. And you know, would you like to tell us about a little about the book? I yeah, mean, um, it's, it? it's called, yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's called What They Couldn't Take, a memoir of survival from familial sex trafficking. And basically in, in the book I go through, it's kind of a mosaic. So I, I went through different situations um, that, that show the abuse. Like I have a chapter on that burial. I have a chapter on the pediatrician. I have a chapter, you know, so, so I have like chapters of that show kind of how the abuse happened. And then I also have chapters in the book. Like I have a chapter called calm and I talk about breathing exercises and music and different coping mechanisms. And then I also have poetry in there. As I've always been, I always start with my poetry and then I can write from there. So always, my whole life, I start with poetry. Mm-hmm. And and then I also have drawings and writings that I did as a child in there as well. So it's kind of a mosaic so that everything can kind of breathe because it, it's such a heavy subject. I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be, well, first of all, I wanted to show you what was I writing? What was I doing at that age? You mm-hmm. know, and poetry is just another way for me to express myself, but I wanted to, um, also give some breath. So I have the, you know, the scene of the burial and then I've got some poetry and some drawing, you know, so you can kind of take a breath between each thing and kind of switch, switch your brain as you're Mm -hmm. reading, um, between the intense situations and then the way that I've worked to heal. And then, um, different stories and so forth that I did as a child, And then um, I did write a couple children's books, both on child safety. So one's called Smushy and the Sinister Stranger. And one's one's called, I'm sorry, Smushy and the Sinister Neighbor. I'm sorry, I'm all nervous. Mm -hmm. And the other one's called (laughs) Techie and the Tricky Stranger. And then I'm writing another memoir right now that is talking about, remember when I was talking about what a warrior means Mm -hmm. and how it's not a straight trajectory. And it's about just moving through your life and with the courage that you have inside of you and giving yourself grace when things are difficult and just continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. And that it doesn't mean that you're not going to have bad times or that you're not hurt. It just means that that's a part of you and you're just moving forward through that Mm -hmm. in your life. And that is being a warrior that is being strong Mm -hmm. and no one can take that away from you. And so I talk about different examples of, of situations with the abuse. And then I have a lot of chapters on different healing techniques. So how I've managed to take those grounding techniques and different, um, you know, advice from my therapist and doing the artwork and art therapy. I show like pictures of different pieces that I've done in art therapy. Um, so I'm working on that right now. Um, but yeah, but what they couldn't take really is, um, really shows you what it, what I went through when I was trafficked Mm -hmm. and, um, 
it's uh, and then I have a whole chapter in the back of organizations, like I said before. So there's a lot of organizations that you can learn more from that you can volunteer for. I try to do national organizations because I don't know who's going to be reading it. I don't want to do just local. Mm -hmm. So I try to do national organizations, but, um, you know, people you can either donate to or, or um, donate your time to or learn from in order to continue to learn and grow on what this whole trafficking um, problem is all about. That's awesome. Well, I, I'm seems, definitely going yeah, to to get to buy the book. I am just oh, thank you. And I'm definitely yeah, it's available yeah. on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Okay, perfect. Yeah, awesome. and I also and I have grandchildren that I think I'm going to pick the kids' children's books up for as oh, well. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So yeah. You're, my your my so grandchildren awesome. are all teenagers. Benefit from the book. I think you're so awesome. Mm-hmm. I really thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. I yeah. mean, your story is very tough and yeah. the way you handle yourself with your grace and, and mm-hmm. all of what you have been through makes it easier for other people to listen. Right. Which mm-hmm. is wild that that's you are the one creating a space where it's um where well I I wanna listen, I wanna engage, I wanna Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wonderful. Yeah. So that's what I want. I want people mm-hmm. to feel comfortable and I'm, I want to be open, be an open book and, and be open for, you know, people to want to ask me questions and want to know more. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like that's why I'm, I'm doing, you know, that's why I'm here. You know, I, I have a overall philosophy in my, that I believe that you don't go through anything except for to help other people. Yeah. So, cause I've right. never been a, why me? Why was I the kid? You know, mm-hmm. why not? I'm, I'm no more special or un, not as special as any other child, right? Mm-hmm. Every innocent, every child's innocent. Every child deserves the whole world at their mm-hmm. feet. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but the only reason why for me to have gone through that is to help other people who either gone through it or help other people mm-hmm. to stop this from happening. Right. So, that's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about that. So I want, I'm so glad that you've said that I'm approachable and all these things, because oh, yeah. that's what I really want is for people to feel comfortable. And so we can combat this together, you Absolutely, know? Yeah. yeah. And from our perspective, you're all that you're doing all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great job. And I <laughs> really, really hope that someone who's been through a situation like you have, um, read your book or hear about your story and and know that they're not alone and mm-hmm. that, you know, that it's um, it, it's survivable mm-hmm. every day if you if you yeah. really work right. for it. But just to know that uh, you're not alone in this crazy mm-hmm. world because it must be equally crazy. I don't know, but to to come out into society when everything stops and you t- maybe you're able to take yourself out of the situation and discover a whole other world where this does not happen. And then, you know, be, be all alone in that crazy world mm-hmm. that was your reality. And so it might be helpful that uh, you're not the only one in the, to know that you're not the only yeah. one. 
crazy right? land. And, and that you do yeah. have dark days and you will have dark days. And it's okay to feel those feelings. It's part of the yeah. um, probably the healing process is allow yourself to yeah. feel whatever you have to feel. And yeah. um, take that m- moment Definitely. of healing, whether if you have to take off work or just whatever it is to be able to breathe through it. And um, that, that they're not alone and you're not alone. I mean, yeah. if you want to reach yeah. out to any one of us, I'm sure that we'll be there for you. If you have yeah. any dark, we don't oh, have any training, you. but oh. we have um, big hearts. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we have big hearts. You. and yeah. compassion. Yeah. compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. so mm-hmm. much. And also just by your example to anyone, that would be very encouraging and inspiring, whether you have uh, experienced trauma, but also if you just like, uh, a person who hasn't gone through the same time. It's mm-hmm. very encouraging and inspiring that you were talking about your experiences and w- what you need to do to go through it and mm-hmm. just yeah. your uh, perspective. Really. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and I appreciate you guys and um, hopefully I've answered all your questions and uh and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that other people that listen feel empowered, both as having that agency to, to if you see something, say something. And also for other survivors to feel you're not alone. You are a warrior. Every day that you're, you're here shows that you're a warrior. Mm-hmm. And just give yourself grace and love yourself and other people already love you mm-hmm. you know yeah so Tyler you think we could put a link to her book in the show notes absolutely yeah we'll definitely link okay. to that we'll do that we'll put a link to your book in the show notes to help people find it oh thank you no you're welcome welcome you are inspiring like mm-hmm. Ellen said and I mean you're very grounded very well-spoken I mean talking to you we've never known that you had gone through such a horrific childhood. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you're interested in reading Adira's memoir titled What They Couldn't Take, please check the show notes. And tune in next week as we will hear more stories from Mitchum Reeves. Thank you.